0: You're listening to the Shoreline Community Church podcast. For more information, check out our website at www.shorelinecc.com. Well, good morning everyone. Good morning. I want us to turn together to Isaiah. There's a great passage, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace." You know, I think one of the things that we will notice, well, I think we're gonna notice several things, but when we enter into heaven, and and just think about this a minute, all of us are gonna go to heaven. So, So stop and imagine what it is that you will notice right away. And I think there's gonna be several things that we're gonna notice, but, but there's four of them that I was thinking about this week that we will notice. One is just an incredible hope. I think we will also experience just this unbelievable peace that is just saturating and full and rich. I think we'll also experience an amazing love that we have never experienced in our entire lives. It'll be deep and satisfying and pure. And then finally, I think we're gonna experience this unbridled joy that is just the release of all our inhibitions, all our failures, all our frustrations, all our fears, all those things will be gone. And stop and think about it. Hope, peace, love, and joy what are the ingredients of our Advent celebration during this season? As I was thinking of all those ingredients, I thought, wait a minute, those are the ingredients of Advent. Those are the things that we are talking about. And I think when we arrive in heaven, we will experience those things to its fullest. And that's what the Advent celebration is, is just that reminder of what Christ has done for us and how they will be fulfilled someday. But it's not all going to just happen someday. It's available to us today. The things that God has provided, he has said, now I want to splash those things over the rail of heaven. And I want my church, my people, my sons and daughters to walk in that sense of uh, tremendous hope that we heard about last week from Pastor Dwayne. that hope that sustains us through every situation The peace, the love, the joy. It's available for us today. It's here. And Jesus is saying, I want to be that provider of that peace. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning Jesus as that Prince of Peace and what that means to us today. The word peace is used in the New International Bible 249 times. In the Old Testament, We're familiar with the word shalom, which means wholeness, order, completeness, health, well-being, soundness, safety, security, prosperity, tranquility, friendship, salvation, and contentment. So it's more than just peace. It's just the whole package of what God does for us as the Prince of Peace. The New Testament word is the word arana, which means tranquility, exemption from rage and havoc of war, Peace between individuals, harmony, and safety. And so that's what we want to talk about today, is what does that peace mean to us? As we shared some of the needs in our church family with Wayne and Trish and, and the loss in their family, and also I know some of you are familiar, Carol is uh, going through some health issues. And, I, and as I look around, I see several that I know are going through some difficult times, and this is why, how it meets our world is that amazing peace that resides in our life right in the middle of every situation. And it's like an oasis. And Jesus said, it doesn't matter what you go through, and we will go through trouble, and we'll go through trials. That's not a surprise to the Lord. It shouldn't be a surprise to us. But we have this surrounding of the peace of Christ that truly passes understanding. And he doesn't want to just give it to us in small measures. The Lord wants us to have life abundantly. He wants us to flourish in his peace. And so that is what we're going to shoot for today and hopefully understand and, and allow that to, to come into our lives in a greater way. How many are familiar with uh, this, the movie clip uh, we just showed you, the little clip, that the bully, scut. Farkas. What an A. I found out this week Scott is slang in Ireland for uh, cow diarrhea. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so you might not want to name your next son Scott. But uh, and in that clip, you know, it's so classic. How many could identify you had a neighborhood bully? Maybe not by the name of Scott, but... We we had a bully who actually lived next door to us. Yeah, <laughs> it was a rough upbringing, and uh, he was mean. and He um, he's a couple years older than me. He's much bigger, and if if he came over to play, he destroyed your toys. So I always hid my toys because he would take a rock or something and and just have fun destroying them, and then after he destroyed his toys, then he would turn on you and start to try to break parts of your body, and so that was our neighborhood bully. One time he took a rubber, one of those, you know, those little bow and arrow sets with the rubber dart, he took the dart off, sharpened the end of that, as sharp as could be, and shot it at my sister, and it went right into her ear, and thankfully it did not um, rupture her eardrum, but she had a loud ringing in her head for quite some time, And then we found out, this bully next door, the scut next door, uh, we were up on our roof checking on the garage, checking um, the roof, and it was filled, covered with dog dew. And the the neighbors happened to have a kennel right there where they were just taking and and throwing it. And I think it was also the dad. So, yes, can (laughs) you... that's the kind of upbringing I had to endure. So, you know, that was pretty much the worst of it. But, but I think we can identify with that uh, the character that is the bully, and, and uh, sometimes, you know, bullying actually can be a very serious thing, and I certainly don't want to make light of that, and, and today I know that's, that's a big concern in our culture today. What do we do with that? But you know, I want to talk about the ultimate bully. And I believe that they, we really do have an enemy of our soul. I believe there's a spiritual power of darkness, and I believe there's literally a, not a figurative, but a literal uh, enemy known as Satan. It's revealed throughout Scripture that is doing battle with us. That's our scut who causes all kinds of issues and concerns. And I was thinking about you know, some of the, the ways that we are bullied in our lives by the enemy and the tools that the enemy will use against us. Number one, fear, fear and worry. Anybody here ever have anxiety, worry about anything? And sometimes that can just wrap around you and just cause you all kinds of, of stress in your life. I know when we celebrate Christmas, for me, you know, I had this great upbringing. My, my family was like a leave it to beaver kind of family. You know, my mom was baking cookies and, and we just had this stability. And I knew my parents loved, we all knew that our parents loved us. And Melora grew up almost the opposite of that. And for her, she could, she could tell the story Christmas season was a very difficult season for her because oftentimes there was more drinking, and, and Melora's stepfather, who's, who has passed away, you don't know who he is, um, he caused all kinds of terror. And, and so that was a normal process for Melora is during this season, that kind of fear, fearing for her, her very lives because her father would threaten to kill with a gun or jump out of a moving car to kill the family, things like that, that were just crazy. And so some of those fears are very real. Frustrations. Sometimes we just have this kind of angst, this anger that is lingering and destructive inside of us. Failures. Has anybody here ever fell the Lord? And the enemy comes along, and he says, oh, I can't believe how you fell the Lord. And he does two things. First of all, he tries to get you to run from God, run from God's grace, because we are told in the Bible, what do we do when we fail? Run to him. Run to him for his grace, and he will forgive us of those things. So, so the enemy, tell, enemy tells us, stay away, God's mad. You better just kind of lay low. See if you can stay out of God's anger. And then he will beat us up. I can't believe you did that. I can't, I just can't, you know. And so there's that condemning that comes from the enemy. And we have to recognize that is never, ever, ever from God. God never chases us away. He never condemns us. He is always there to say, hey, there's hope. There's that peace that we can come to. So how do we institute this peace into our hearts this Christmas season? I'm going to give you three applications here. I'm not going to uh, take too long on these points, but I just want to give you some really key understanding of what the Scriptures say. So first of all, it starts with surrender to the Prince of Peace. You can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. And so on, in this Christmas season, this is the greatest thing that could happen in your life is to come to that point of surrender. There's a passage in Luke where the, uh, where the angel of the Lord had appeared to the shepherds who were tending the flocks at night at the same time that Jesus was being born close by and began to announce this amazing event. And then it says, Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared, with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests and it's important to understand that last part of the passage and the King James it says uh, peace on earth goodwill toward all men but this is a better understanding of the Greek to whom to men women on whom his favor rests in other words Who's that? That's us as believers. That's Christ's followers. Because we have surrendered, that's how we have that peace. Peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. And so that is how that peace, that Prince of Peace, is applied into our hearts when we surrender. There's a passage found in Ephesians chapter, or excuse me, in Romans chapter five. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have, been, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So when we talk about surrender, you know, what would come to our mind is the idea of, of perhaps a war, where the two uh, come to terms and agree to surrender, or agree to peace, And in a sense, that's true between us and God. But actually, we're the ones at war with God, and he's the one that's pursuing us. He's not at war with us. But it's because of our fallen nature and our rebellion and our stubbornness and pride and all those things that we resist God. And that, to me, is is the most amazing thing in the world, that we would run from God, the one who's there, to give us life and give us hope and give us peace. But I understand, I was that way before I came to Christ at age 16. I, I was running full speed away from God, not willing to surrender. And so I want to encourage you at this moment, if you want that peace that I'm talking about, it starts with making peace with God. And you don't have to be an expert and, and understand everything about theology. All you have to do is to know that I have this brokenness in my life, and I need something. And you can reach out to God and say, Lord, I need you right now. It doesn't take an eloquent prayer. It's just a prayer from your heart saying, Let, I want to start this journey. I want to start this surrender to God. So I encourage you, this is a good day to surrender and make peace with God. Number two, fight for peace. That almost seems like a contradiction, but I want to explain that. It's interesting that all the passages of scripture I'm gonna be reading about God's peace are conditional. In other words, to have that peace, this is what you have to do. And there's some action on our part. Now God is, God is willing to give that, but he's saying now you must. And the thing that I think has to stir in us that's the greatest is just to say, you know what, I'm tired of being bullied around by the devil. I'm tired of that fear. I'm tired of those frustrations. I'm tired of living in that sense of failure. I am ready to take a stand and do something about it. And there's a point when Ralphie from the Christmas story kind of rises up against Scott And and I think this is a powerful moment that we can apply, that we can apply spiritually. You know, that's certainly where there's something that begins to stir in us. I believe Ralphie said, uh, in the recesses of my mind, a a tiny flame began to, to glow, or a tiny ember began to glow, where it's like, you know, I think I've had enough. And, and so this is what I want us to do, is to, to take and apply this and say, you know what, there's things in my life where I feel like I have just allowed the enemy to steal and kill and destroy and cause me to stress and worry and fear and be frustrated, and, and the, the hang-ups and the habits and all those things that, that you know, we talk about and Celebrate Recovery, the hurts, hang-ups, and habits... You know, those things that can just hold us down. And, and so here's what I want us to do today. To say, determine in our hearts, no more. <laughs> no more. We are not going to allow the enemy to push us anymore in these areas. And so fight for peace. And so first of all, stand up to the bully of fear. We see a great passage, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, do not be anxious, about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So do we worry about anything? No, nothing. We take everything and say, God, with that petition and prayer, with thanksgiving, I give it to you. And then the result of that, so that's condition, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And so, So that is that peace that doesn't make sense to the world. How can you have peace in this time? And I can testify, there's been times in my life when I've gone through some serious health concerns with the brain tumor and we lost our daughter and things like that, where I could stand and tell you that God's peace was there during those times. And I had that peace that passes all understand, didn't make sense to the world. And God floods our hearts with that. Another passage found in Isaiah 26, 3. You'll keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. John fourteen, twenty-seven: Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So those of us that have had those issues of fear and worry and doubt, is God going to take care of us? Does God love us? You know, there's sometimes, okay. And and so we have to have that established in our hearts. If God is for us, who can be against us? What do I fear? There's nothing on this world that I should fear. There's nothing in the spiritual realm that I should fear that God is on my side. And he's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of old Scott. And we'll look forward to that day someday. But there's that whole idea of stand up to that bully of fear that holds us down and say that is a lie of the enemy. And we need to to allow his perfect love to just come in and flood our hearts in those times that we fear. What about frustration? Stand up to the bully of frustration. It's interesting, in John, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And then he acknowledges. See, so sometimes there's an acknowledgement of, yes, you're going to go through these troubles. It says, in the world, you will have trouble. But, and that's huge, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. And that's, that's where we take those daily frustrations. And it could just be all kinds of, you know, just stuff, just life, um, just, you know, things that happen in, in our lives. You know where I think a lot of times frustrations happen? This might come as a big surprise to you, but with people. <laughs> 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 so. And it's interesting that there's a straight line in that last passage saying, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since... As members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. So in other words, you're going to have some frustrations with each other. Don't be surprised. I will frustrate you, I'm sure. If I haven't yet, just give me time, I will. But it's that working out of of those things and saying, you know what, we are one body. We are members of one another. We are a family, And we have to say, you know what, let's put those frustrations aside and allow God's grace to come into those things in our life and and not walk around with that burning frustration. A second cousin to frustration is anger, which can be very destructive. I uh, put on my wish list for Christmas uh, a book by Ed Stetzler called Christians in the Age of Outrage. And it seems like that's where we are in our culture, at least in our American culture, there's just, just people angry. And kind of walk around with that stewing, brewing, you know, we, we take our hurts and we nurse them and we rehearse them over and over until it just becomes a root of bitterness. And then that defiles many, and so, so this really is an area, I think, that we have to say, you know what? I just cannot allow the enemy to get a foothold in that area of my life. I have to keep those accounts short. I have t- to work those things out. I have to let things go yeah. in my life. The third thing is stand up to failure. Second Peter 1 and 2 says, Make Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace, multiplied, expanding. God's grace is sufficient for everything, every failure, every mess up in our lives. There's a passage in Isaiah that says, "This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel." I'm the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you and who directs you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. And what's important for us to understand is that we are not saved by works. We're saved by grace. We will always be saved by grace. We will finish by grace. It'll be grace that takes us home to heaven. And so there's nothing inside of me that I can, can do to, to make God love me more or to avail his grace more other than just surrender. Say, Lord, I surrender to you and, and I run to you in those times of failure. And so his grace is here this morning for every person that can just cover you with his precious blood, and he's the one that has provided salvation through his righteousness. Not my, my righteousness is like filthy rags compared to his righteousness. And so when we have that understanding, it says that his righteousness is like a river that he will will sustain us with his peace Righteousness like the waves of the sea that keep rolling in and covering us and saying, you're forgiven. Just run to him in those times that you need that. Finally, we see a passage out of 2 Thessalonians 3.16. It says, now may the Lord of peace himself, so he is the Prince of Peace, give you peace at all times and in every way the Lord Be with you all. Peace at all times in every way. Is that, what is, you know, what does that tell you? That whatever your situation, whatever is going on in your world right now, his peace is available. And it is abundant, and it is incredible, and we need that often. We struggle with things in our world. And sometimes, do we always stay in that, in that beautiful waterfall of God's peace? No, we don't. I don't. I fail. I get out there and try to do it on my own. But God's there saying now, may the Lord of peace. What a great blessing. And we have that peace because we know that our name is written on the Lamb's book of life, that he is with us. He, never, he will never forsake us. He will help us through every season. And if you're in a good season, great. That's even more reason to rejoice and celebrate that peace that God gives us. So the third challenge, so, we, so first of all, surrender the prince of peace. Second of all, fight for peace to where you say, you know what, I've had enough. I'm not going to stay down in this, in this failure, or defeat any longer. I'm going to rise up. And let me apply that one last time in the area of your spiritual walk. Here we are, almost ready to enter into a brand new year. And I challenge myself, I challenge you, let's get in to God deeper, in a deeper fashion, and, and just and just drink from his fountain of life. How many of us sometimes, we kind of get busy and we... we kind of walk right past Jesus who wants to spend time with us. And I'm, I'm thinking this year, I'm starting uh, kind of some new routines in my, in my life, even uh, right away before the new year starts, just saying, I just need more. I need a greater depth of my spiritual walk with the Lord. I need to take in. And there's times that I think we can confess we just go through the motions in that, So so don't let the devil keep you there in that sense of half-heartedness. Say, I've had enough. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to see some changes in my life for the better. And so the third thing is to spread peace. So once we have that peace, Jesus said, now go spread it. Go love others. We find several passages, one in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, it says, as a prisoner For the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. How much effort? A little bit. Make a little bit of effort. I hope everybody gets along with me, and I'll try to stay at, you know. No, it says make every effort. To keep that peace, that making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Romans 12:18, it says, "If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone." Romans 14:19, it says, "Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification." Hebrews 12, 14, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one sees the Lord. Then finally, in James, it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then notice this, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit. I I love this verse, (laughs) this is such a great verse. Impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So that is how the peace on earth applies. His peace rests on those who have his favor, those who have received his grace, those who have surrendered to him. It's on us. He says, now you go and spread that peace. You go and, and make sure that in the body of Christ, things are worked out according to scriptures, that you are extending that grace and peace to others, that you are carrying that mantle of peace, and it spreads. So as we, as we come to our final thoughts on this this morning, I want to read uh, a little reading. This is a great... I don't know if you guys have been reading the, the Advent... Uh, hand out the booklet. We still should have some of these available. And uh, you open it right in the middle. It says "Peace is possible." And there's this great encouragement. It says, "As I contemplate the peace of Christ, I'm reminded of the precious bit of wisdom from Seraphim of Sarov, an 18th century Russian saint in the Orthodox Church. This is what he said: Acquire the spirit of peace." and thousands around you will be saved. In other words, Jesus is working peace into our lives, which flows out of our lives into others. Thousands will be saved. I think people are looking in this age of rage that we have around us. I think they will notice the peace of God ruling in your heart. And I think that's, as we talked about last week, they will ask, what's the hope, what's the reason for the hope in you? It's because they've seen that and they understand there's something there that is different that'll draw them to that peace in our lives. So what about peace in the world today? Peace on earth today. You know, there's been a whole string of, of bullies throughout history. And just in this last 150 years, you know, the the list is endless of some of the bullies, Adolf Hitler, Stalin, Idi Amin, Pol Pot, Mao Zedong, on and on and on. if you tally the effects of these bullies, New York Times estimates 108 million people were killed in the wars in the 20th century. 108 million people affected by the bullies of this world. And so we ask the question, will peace begin to take over? If we are peace spreaders, will somehow that infiltrate the world and change this world? And the answer is a little bit yes and a little bit no. In the sense, I see two trajectories of peace increasing, and I see rebellion increasing as well. I see that there's going to be an ultimate bully known as the Antichrist that will arrive someday, and and that will be the worst. But at the same time, righteousness will increase in the body of Christ. And so so will this peace spread? Yes, we can do that. We can be peace spreaders. Will this world uh, know peace until Christ returns? I don't believe it will. But I know someday there will be that rising up, there'll be a little uh, ember, a little flame inside the heart of God saying, you know what, it's time to come back to this earth and establish my kingdom as I have intended it. And there's gonna be a point when when you read in Revelation, Jesus gets on that white horse and he comes back and it's, it's a fast fight between Jesus and Scott, the devil. It's it's like what we saw in the movie. Ralphie just took care of Scott right there. That's what it's going to be like when Jesus comes back and says, you know what, this is my world and I I have purchased it with his shed blood, his sacrifice. And I love Isaiah 9, 7, right after the passage we just read as the Prince of Peace. And it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's going to be good—a <laughs> peace that we can't imagine. We see some application as we prepare to, to worship the Lord and seek Him. I think there's some good application for us today. You know, what is what is your Scut Farkas? What is what is that bully? Is it fear, frustration, failure, or something else? It could be a hundred different things. Are you ready to stand up and fight? Fight that bully that disrupts your peace. What daily routine can you eliminate from your life that will bring peace? What daily routine can you incorporate into your life that will bring peace? That's why I was talking about that spiritual walk. Think of one way you can influence your world with peace and schedule it into your week. If you don't schedule it, a lot of times you just don't do it. And then finally, have you surrendered your life to the Prince of Peace? I invite you to let's all bow our hearts and pray as we close. Father, there's um, certainly a trouble around us Lord we are reminded of that every day just this world is under that influence of the sin nature of fallenness rebellion, stubbornness pride Lord in this Advent season we're reminded of why you came and why you came as that baby in that manger, Lord, and and this pronouncement as this mighty God, this wonderful counselor, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Lord, I just pray that that peace would rule in our hearts. We'd be anxious for nothing, but everything with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, to let our requests be made known to you, Lord. And we just lift our hands right now, Lord, and say pour down your peace like a river. Lord, pour down your righteousness. Pour down your provision for whatever the need is. Help us, Lord, just to be stirred up, to say, no more devil. I'm not going to take those things any longer to draw a line in the sand and to fight back in the spiritual realm. Lord, to accept everything that you have for me today and to apply that, Lord, in a fresh way And to find ways to apply it in this week ahead, Lord, to seek after your peace, your peace, your provision. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much today. Thank you, Prince of Peace, for being here for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord.